I decided to make the move over from A-levels to Armagh and I found myself at home. I found a lot of friends. It was a very homey atmosphere. I don't know, just culturally it, it, it fitted, I, I suppose. And I managed to win a Mercury Cup. Um, I managed to get straight A's out of the school. I, I made some brilliant relationships that I, I've always felt close with. I met my future wife. My kids now dance in Armagh. They, uh, play music in Armagh, they swim in Armagh. The, the town always has had a real significance, I suppose, from that teenage years to me. And I, I then also now carry that into a business sense, even though I set the business up initially in Moy, I always had that in the back of my mind to think, right, well, when we are able to, and when we need additional space, Armagh would be the town that we will naturally end up in and, and I'm proud to say now that Armagh is the headquarters of SEC. That's the distinguished voice of Tyrone GA legend Sean Kavanagh who joins me for this week's podcast. We don't speak GA, however, we delve into his intrinsic connection to the Cathedral City and, and why it's such a cultural fit for him. As well as being a highly successful sports person, Sean has taken that competitive edge into the world of business and some more. He talks me through setting up his own accountancy firm, uh, dealing with a fire within months of opening and, and how he manages to strike a work-life balance, all the while juggling a rapidly expanding business. Well, Sean, thanks for joining us here this morning. Uh, I just obviously wanted to touch on you're a Tyrone man, just over the River Blackwater, but you've clearly, you know, you have a lot of ties to Armagh, you work, you're based in Armagh now, I know you're a big growing office, you're growing fast, you went to college in Armagh, there's clearly those ties, can you tell me a wee bit about, it seems to be from the outside looking in, from, you know, from me looking in, it looks like you are a Tyrone man, you, you know, everyone knows your, your story with Tyrone GAA, but you seem to have a very close affinity with Armagh. Yeah, absolutely, Michal, and uh, thanks for having me. But yeah, look, I, I think everyone, I remember someone explaining to me when I was younger that you have an affinity almost to a town. It's maybe some of these, some of this like human nature piece that we all sort of call somewhere town. And for me then, Growing up, even though I, I spent my earlier years actually in Coal Island and town for me would have been Dungannon, very much Tyrone. As I moved to the Moy, the Moy is probably 50-50 Tyrone Armagh. And, and as as much as it kind of pains me around sort of where my allegiance fell whilst on the sporting field, it was always Tyrone. Uh, but in terms of town and the easiest and most accessible town for me even growing up it, it was Armagh and I obviously had a lot of friends then who went to school in Armagh and it, it, it just felt natural uh, in, a, in a weird sense that we were five or six miles in a straight road between one another that uh, and, and ultimately I spent the first five years in secondary school in St Pat's Academy in Dungannon I wouldn't say it didn't get on well, but at the same time, it didn't feel totally right. And then I decided to make the move over from my A-levels to Armagh, and I found myself at home. I found a lot of friends. It was a very homey atmosphere. You know, just culturally, it, it, it fitted, I, I suppose. And I managed to win a Mercury Cup. Um, I managed to get 
straight A's out of the school. I, I made some brilliant relationships that I, I've always felt close with. I met my future wife. My kids now dance in Arma, they uh, play music in Arma, they swim in Arma. The, the town always has had a real significance, I suppose, from that teenage years to me. And I, I then also now carry that into a business sense, even though I set the business up initially in Moy, I always had that in the back of my mind to think, right, well, when we are able to and when we need additional space, Armagh would be the town that we will naturally end up in. And, and I'm proud to say now that Armagh is the headquarters of SEC. Um, and that's that's something that we we don't disguise. And we're very proud of the fact that where I'm sitting here, I'm overlooking the cathedral. And I'm very proud of all the photographs we take. It's all down in the mall. I think my wife has got through to me around the, the beauty of and, and history and tradition of Armagh. But it's, it's certainly something that, 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 that all our staff here really enjoy. And we're, we're delighted to be working with some brilliant Armagh businesses as well. No one could get through to you with that swap to... The football, the, an Armagh football team. <laughs> it, it was mooted a few times, but uh, unfortunately, it was it was thrown out as quickly as it was mooted. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. But a uh, no. Look, you, you've set up a business in Armagh. Like I said, you started in, in Moy. Looking at it, did it coincide with you retiring from intercounty football? Thinking right now. Now's the time to set up the business. Uh, I'm sure you might have had it in your head before that you know, retirement decision came along, Sean, but would I be right in saying that's that's a very natural coincidence? Uh, absolutely. It was one of these things that the, the thought of retiring from inter-county football scared the life out of me, genuinely. I remember doing interviews when, when I was kind of approaching the final final year uh, of playing with Throne and, and I had accepted at that point that everybody was starting to slow down as everyone does and I could see the finish line was was close and I, I was speaking at that stage going I've no idea what I'm going to do to fill all the hours and like, I was lucky enough to be able to write a book and a lot of the book I, I started to understand myself even as a person more and and with that I understood, I suppose, that I always needed something to put my focus into. I have this, it was entitled the, the Obsession. And, you know, I found myself coming home from training when I was with Throne and doing stretching or doing icing or doing rehab. And I was constantly on this cycle that my mind almost needs something to be chasing. And, 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 Whenever then I knew the county football piece was coming to an end, I thought, right, well, I'm going to have to transfer that energy elsewhere. And naturally then to me, it was it was a sort of a life decision then to say, right, well, I'm going to have to do something here that's going to give me the same buzz that I'm going to enjoy putting something in to get something out because that is the same dynamic as sport where you train harder, you get fitter and you get stronger and you enjoy it more. So business is very much like that and business is very much like if obviously if you put in that effort with your employees, with your clients you're working with, with your infrastructure, with your future ambition and development, I'm a firm believer that you'll succeed and it, it doesn't always obviously be in these straight lines. We make lots of mistakes. I make probably more mistakes than anyone does, 
but at the same time, I'm absolutely committed and focused to business in the same way that I was absolutely committed and focused to achieving everything I could potentially achieve as a as a sports person, and and I think that like that 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 acceptance allowed me or that 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 scenario allowed me to accept that transition quite easily where I knew I had given everything I possibly could to sport and I absolutely loved every minute of it but once it ended and and we lost to Dublin in the semi-final of, of 2017 I woke up the next day almost with a sense of relief in that knowing that one sort of chapter of my life had passed but there was an incredibly exciting chapter just starting and that was my business at that stage was only four or five months old um we, we, <laughs> a couple of weeks later my, my, our office went on fire and we had to reboot everything and we actually temporarily relocated across Narmagh so as I said not everything a bit like in, in sport you get an injury and you miss part of your season and it's an absolute torture and I'm the type of person that that hangs on to things probably longer than what it should do. But at the same time, I, I've had that same sense of drive and buzz out of business that I ever did out of out of football. And that has like alleviated any fears that I had when I was retiring that I was going to have a huge void and, and hole in my life. And, and thankfully, uh, business has, has filled it and more and uh, I'm probably more occupied than I ever was. And, and then I've got four kids at home and I've got, I've got plenty of other stuff happening as well. But I'm enjoying every minute of it. Obviously, you come from an academic background. You're not just uh, a footballer that has decided, oh, I need something to fill the time. You know, you, you're clearly an, an intelligent man, Sean. But in terms of setting up the business, what were the processes involved? What were the challenges or i'm assuming it's it was a very much a learning curve or did you, that come naturally to you as well like there's a lot of fear really and, and i think anyone setting up their business it, it's that dynamic that you're you're changing your life from uh an employed role which i was in i i, I worked in in a practice that that my uncle had founded i worked there for 16 odd maybe near enough 17 years um and actually training as an accountant and, and then going on to, to leadership roles there thereafter but the it, it is that uncertainty is something that scares absolute hell out of us all i think but at the same time it also was something that that drove me as an individual and maybe being able to sort of do the book maybe allowed me to understand that sometimes I, I, as a type of individual that enjoys challenges, enjoys being put in uncomfortable, uncomfortable positions, it, it, it still scares me and it's still very, very challenging even to this day, even the dynamic of maybe not knowing you're going to get money in, in time and you're going to be able to balance your cash flow and all that. But at the same time, I wake up every day and I, I embrace those challenges. And, and in those early early days, the, the, those those were me having to effectively set an office on my own for a couple of months trying to do things, trying to learn how to do things like maybe payroll or, or VAT that typically I hadn't done in maybe 15 years. So uh, there was a lot of retraining. There was a lot of accepting that you, you, you know, you're going to be put in positions that you're not going to be comfortable with and you're going to have to come out the other end. And, of course, a lot of the time is... 
from the outside looking in, people will look at you and go, oh, no, he's, he's doing well, he's flying. And at the inside, there's an inner voice saying, Sean, what are you at? <laughs> you know, you've, you, you've, you've, you've walked away from this brilliant uh, role and you've gambled on this pipe dream, really, at that point. But it was that sort of chase that, that also was it occupied my mind and uh, I've been sitting there emailing at 11 o'clock at night or 12 o'clock at night after the kids went to bed and Vanilla and my wife looking at me as if I'm half mad. It, it also was incredibly exciting and it was something that uh, I, 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 to this day, I think that's, that's the best part of business that I enjoy is that sort of you don't know what's going to come next. You don't know you're going to... I, I wake up... Uh, tomorrow morning or Monday morning, and there'll be something different thrown at me that I'll I, I'll embrace, and that was different to what I'm going to do today. Um, and I, th- I think that that element of business I get the best kick out of is the the opportunity to sort of write my own story. To um, I'm obviously sort of fixated on growth and and trying to build a really good brand and a brand that my employees can be incredibly proud of. And obviously my family and, and friends could be incredibly proud of. I'm, I'm still on that same journey because that was a similar mindset as well from the sport where a lot of the time I was probably doing it for others, um, ironically. And I, I know you, you you have to have a sort of self-confidence and belief as you as an individual. But at the same time, when you actually sort of ask yourself the question, why are you doing this? Why are you putting this incredible amount of time and energy into something? It's it's not just for yourself. It's, it's for, I think seeing someone speak about my company or my brand gives me this incredibly uh, strong sense of, yeah, you know, I've been able to build something that has an impact on lots of other people's lives. You know, employees going out and going on a night out or, or going, becoming real close friends and going for a walk around the mall at lunchtime whenever I'm going to the car, seeing those sorts of friendships and bonds that have been made and, and then their their connections with maybe some of the clients that we're working with and how they enjoy that and how they're developing as people ironically probably gives me as much as a buzz as, as landing a massive sort of contractor job so you know there's lots of little elements of business that that that, that I as an individual just just love seeing happening and, and then obviously try to try to replicate that and grow those relationships out. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoy all those little intricate parts. You alluded to it there, Sean. Did you start the typical one-man in-office sort of setup, or how, how did that how did it start? Yeah, it was. It was me and the boy for – I took an office that was – uh, probably capable of housing about eight or nine people. And I sat in it on my own and it was lonely and it was cold and it was uh, scary. Thankfully then, as things started to grow, within a few weeks, it, it, it really become obvious to me that I was going to need to seek help because I, I, was, I was working genuinely probably 70 or 80 hours a week. I was working every Saturday, every Sunday, every evening. Yeah. And I, I, I got a, an incredible amount of support that I didn't expect to get from, you know, businesses that I'd worked with in, in a previous role, from people then that were able to, if I, if I posted something on LinkedIn, that, that, I, that I was kind of out in my own new brand and whatnot, I started to get emails and, and calls from people that not in a million years that I think would, 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 would move 
across their business to, to me as an individual coming from a factory where I worked previous, so it was maybe 60 or 70 people. So that that surprised me and, and also scared me. And that's why then within a few weeks, I then said, right, I'm going to have to gonna have to gamble here very quickly again. Uh, I'm not only gambling on uh, my own sort of livelihood, I'm going to have to take someone on. So I, I went to one of my closest friends, um, Noel, and uh, he he's a, such a brilliant accountant and he had skills that I didn't have as well in different areas. So he was a lot sort of more focused on on kind of tax and, and payroll and things that, 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 that I maybe hadn't as much exposure of. So an SOS call was very quickly made to Noel's and, and he come in then maybe in month three or four. Um, so the first couple of months was very much me struggling away on my own, trying to trying to do my best for everyone, trying to be as responsive, trying to sort of carry out and understand a lot of the values that I wanted to wanted to bring to business, answering phones myself, things things that I kinda now say to my staff going, you know, it's somebody says, Oh uh, maybe I shouldn't be answering the phone and I sort of throw back on for the first three months of this business I was everything I was a guy answering the phone I was a guy running the social media I was a guy doing sets of accounts I was a guy uh, just obviously a one-man band and, and that 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 excited me but it, it did I did realize that it was going to engulf me as well if it didn't if it didn't bring other people in around me um, because I, I didn't want to ever sacrifice the sort of service level um, either so Noel then come in in month three or four, um, then very quickly just kept, just kept going in that sort of upward trajectory. And and by month five or six, we probably had four or five people around us. Um, and it's just kicked on from there. Uh, what how many do you have now, Sean? Well, in, in, in SEC, which is our obviously main accounting brand, we, we have probably around 50 or so across five offices and then we have a, a specialist tax brand called Inspired Corporate Advisory now, which has another sort of 30 or 40 people in it and in, in offices in Belfast and Cookstown. So and London actually as well. So yeah, look at we, we now I'm kind of connected in with from from me sitting on my own just over five years ago we now have a reach of, of 80 odd employees across all offices. So it's it's kind of it's it's grown and surpassed all expectations that I ever had when I was sitting sort of doing everything. But at the same time, the way my mind works, it's it's always that sense of there's more that can be done. And, and I was exactly like that as a, as a sports person. I, I was never happy even when I won an All-Ireland or I won a, a really exceptional individual award. I was very quick to dismiss that and very quick to move on. So, you know, I think that's that's just my personality. If you come into my house in, in the Moy, uh, there's no sign of me ever playing sport, of a picture, of a trophy, of anything. Uh, I've got my mother and father's house is full of them. Uh, it's like an, it's like a exhibition center, but at the same time, I, I, I I'm the type of person that never really seeks. Uh, someone to congratulate me on, on what I've done. I, I always have my mind set on where, where next can I bring this? And I, I, I sit here today in the exact same sort of mindset of 
uh, we are only just starting. There's 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 so much more we can do and have ambitions to, to sort of take the brand on um, to, to, to levels that we can compete with the best accountancy practices in the world, not just in, in Northern Ireland. So, you know, that's 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 where my head's at. And I don't think I'll stop until somebody either stops me or uh, I realize it's impossible. But yeah, I, I just love that that feeling that, that, that we can we can do more. I mean that's it's that's amazing that you know the, the mindset clearly you know has transferred into in business and you know just looking it's recruitment 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 there is clearly a, a massive drive there. You're obviously in a unique position that accountancy is a pillar of a business. You know that is your business in terms of businesses succeeding. Good businesses, you know, you've said before, good businesses can fail without proper planning how do good businesses fail and what 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 can business like yourself you you must have those processes in place for your for yourself and for your own business but how would a good business fail yeah like it's I, i'm in a very privileged position that that i get to work with hundreds and thousands of businesses and I, I'm the type of person then that, that will analyze a lot of what other people are doing well and, and then obviously you get to see maybe people that that just don't understand as much maybe around sort of cash flow management or around you know it, it's quite it's a lot a lot of our advisory base has almost been able to educate people to what they need to do to protect themselves because sometimes people will see that like that decision I made to bring on my second employee or, or, or my first employee sorry it it was going to cost me money and it was money I didn't have but at the same time I knew my business would never create as much value as I needed to to keep the service levels up if I didn't do that so I, I was able to see that as an investment but equally then I then had it to start planning what jobs I was doing to get money in to pay that money out in terms of a wage and that's something that that management of cash is is usually the thing that will fail most businesses because people don't legislate for things like that or you know they don't they, they'll maybe see something as a cost rather than this is something that necessarily we're going to have to do to to be able to allow me to get on to more lucrative jobs or contracts that is going to get higher profit margins or and, and sometimes sometimes you have to ignore sometimes even the higher profit margins to, to bring to bring jobs in that you'll get paid for quickly that will then be able to pay out your, your wages and your VAT and all these overheads that really trip businesses up. So unfortunately, like a lot of businesses that I would have seen fail over the years are businesses not that some of them are the best, most profitable businesses I've ever seen, but things that they were just gobbled up because their funding and financing wasn't right and their cash flow was just off and maybe somebody didn't pay them in time they didn't know their options so a lot of what we do is trying to give every business that sort of roadmap that they are fully aware of these of, of any sort of unexpected surprises that could negatively impact on their business and so that they're well prepared to say right well if this happens i have the options of 
this grant or that tax relief or uh, getting funding from this area that's going to make sure I don't have those pressure points or pain points that are going to put me under pressure as, as a business owner because it is a lonely sort of it's a lonely role and I'm not like sometimes people go into business thinking that they have to know everything and that they have to you know they, they, they should they should know the smallest parts of, of maybe something like that but you, you don't I would come across a lot of people that, that feel as if maybe they can't talk about them you know they can't show that weakness to say god Sean I don't really understand that the best business people I work with are people that accept that they don't know everything and then will seek that sort of help from the likes of ourselves and they'll go right I would sit down with them and I would say right well look, you know you should be aware of this and aware of that and, and they'll feed off that knowledge so I think having that knowledge and having that aspect at, 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 that you need to plan your business, uh, that gives you the best chance of succeeding. Uh, people who don't plan and these things kind of crop up on them and then maybe they bury their head in the sand and think, God, oh, this, is, this is so difficult and it's going to engulf me. I suppose that's, that's the worst case scenario. So, you know, we spend a lot of our time trying to ensure that everyone knows what's coming up so that the business owner feels in control. And whenever the business owner is in control, then they're probably going to make the right decisions for their business. That's whenever they're out of control and they feel as if, you know, this, this, this thing's become too big for them or they don't have any options, that's where it becomes dangerous. So a lot of the time it's us just ensuring that they're totally making informed decisions and they're totally in control and they're totally aware of what the future will hold. And once, once I would say the best business owners that I work with are all able to do that either naturally in their head or with working with somebody either in their business or outside their business to, to ensure that that's all under control, that they then can focus on sort of the most important bit of their part, part, part of their business, whether it be sales or whether it be running a factory or whether it be their social media, you know, all, everyone will, will have certain skills. And then the trick is then to bring the other skills in either internally through wages or externally even bringing in sort of uh, people that, that's going to do that on a subcontract or external consultancy basis. Are you someone that has it under control? <laughs> I'm not sure at times, but yeah, look, I... I I suppose because I've been able to uh, see a lot of people go through that process, I, I'm able to very quickly understand where our pressure and pain points are. And I, I, I would I would be the first to admit I, I do we do make lots of mistakes, but I do understand those mistakes and I do understand how to correct those mistakes. So we'll make a mistake in something and then I, I go and try and rectify that the following month. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think any business is perfect. It's a bit like life in general, you know, we'll all make hundreds and hundreds of mistakes, but it's a process. You just, you just keep trying to fix the biggest mistake that you made or trying to fix the biggest problem that you have in your business. And the more you do that and the more you start to box off things that, that, that are right for your business, then you're, the, the stronger your business becomes and, and the more you'll, you'll get a, a kick and enjoyment out of it. Hey, and just, just to kind of round up, it's, it's a question you kind of alluded to at the start, Sean, in, in terms of balancing 
you know, you do your bit of TV work with, you know, you're still in those uh, sporting circles. You have a young family, uh, you know, four kids, you've said. You've got this outrageous ambition to, to, to continue growing. Balancing all that up, what processes do you put in place to, to kind of keep a balance there as yeah, best you can? I, I, for, from a young age, Michal, I would say I, I, was, I was always sort of posed with that scenario and it's something that I just learned to I probably thrived on it in a weird sense. In that, like, so as a teenager, I, I can remember playing Gaelic football, playing soccer, playing rugby, playing basketball, uh, being incredibly focused on the, on the studies and exams and whatnot as well. But I probably was always able to balance it in a way that, so, you know, I, I have these visions of studying from A-levels and, and I would have gone to like throw minor training. I would have studied all day to five or six o'clock and my head would have been completely fried and then I'd have gone to throw minor training for three hours up in Oma and I'd come back and sat down at my desk, got some date, sat down at my desk and studied from half night at night to 12 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. But... Being able to go away and play that football cleared my mind and I knew that then those two or three hours was going to be the most productive two or three hours that I would be able to study with. Um, so I think I, I learned very quickly and I was able to sort of balance playing the different sports. Also, you know, playing Gaelic football one night and then going to basketball the following night. It, it took the monotony out of sometimes the likes of training and the hard training that you would do because... It's almost like that sort of a change is, is sort of like gives a real freshness to, to, to what you're doing. So I kind of, even to this day, I'll, I'll work, I'll work incredibly hard to five or six in the evening. And then I'll go and lift my kids from dancing here in Armagh or from the Pipers Club here in Armagh and we'll play music. And then I'll, I'll go home and I'll, I'll have that nice time of getting their dinner and whatnot. But then I'll go to the gym or I'll go and play football and then I'll come back to my emails. But by having that sort of mix, it, it doesn't make, I think it'd be more difficult if I was working to five or six o'clock, got home and get my dinner and then open the laptop again. I think I, that would eat, eat at me. But having that sort of a break where I know I can go and read, read stories to the kids or play with them out the back for an hour or go to the gym and clear my head, I think I'm able to sort of... Uh, use my time in a way that I, I, I don't see it as something that's kind of onerous or I don't get annoyed because I'm always going, all right, well, I'm going to do that. I'm able to sort of time manage things in a way that I get a nice sort of mix that anything that sort of starts to become difficult or starts to wear on me a little bit, I'm able to flick into something that I know will kind of break that and then go to something else. That So then whenever I'm coming back to that difficult thing, I'm coming back with a fresh head and a real sort of positive perspective because quite often a problem that I would have had at five or six in the evening looking at it going oh I've got a got an issue here and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna drag on me and then I'll go and I'll play football for an hour or two and I'll come back and I'll go why was I annoyed so much about that I've now got the solution just it's almost that you know that that little bit of fresh break of clearing your head just all of a sudden you go into a different mindset you go into a positive mindset of I know how to fix all these problems and you do fix them quite quite quickly so you're not going to bed that night and being annoyed about kind of something that 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 you know doesn't need you don't doesn't really need to be dragging you down and 
I think being able to do that has, has certainly helped me then put energy just on a constant basis and every single day and all those different facets of my life. Well, Sean, thank you very much for your time. Uh, you know, fascinating insight. I'm sure I could speak to you, you know, all day about, you know, different aspects of that, but you know, certainly a, a fantastic insight into into what you're doing and, and you know, I look forward to kind of following that journey and keeping an eye on, on that. So again, no, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And uh, yeah, no, we're delighted obviously to be to be speaking to you and delighted to be uh, connected in with, with RMI. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm delighted to be following your journey as well as, as I do with, with a lot of businesses. So yeah, um, you're doing some brilliant stuff and thankfully we're able, to, we're able to be part of that journey as well.